Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Blog Talk Radio's Rich and Rich Entrepreneurs Show tonight for Tuesday, 22 December 2009. I'm your host, Desiree Richardson, and I'm coming to you from North Chicago as I do every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Hello. Standard Time. Mm-hmm. We've really got a fantastic show ready um, for you guys tonight. We have the author, Adra Young, who wrote The Everyday Living of Children and Teen Monologues, Volumes 1 and 2. And we have a double treat for you because we also have Tracy Christian, the author of the Black College Sabbatical Series. Hello, ladies, and happy holidays. Hey, Desiree. Thank you so much for having us. You know what? I hear the um, breaking up that you guys are talking about also, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to hang up on this one, and I'm going to dial back in, and I'll be right back with you guys. Okay. Okay. Hello, Tracy? Yeah. Hey. I'm here. And you sound clear, so it might just be the line. I think it was. I think it was from the blog talk. Mm-hmm. A nice picture. Now, what was your question before the blog talk boomed in? <laughs> it said, Gee. Oh, no, no, no. What was I saying? Oh, I saw that in the email that you had sent me. You forwarded me. From Wendy, I saw it was an attachment, and I was just asking what it was because you said you had told her my partner Tracy Clay's wife will um, probably join this venture, and I was just asking you what it was before I opened it. Oh, there's no, there shouldn't be a, um, there's no application or anything to open. Mm-hmm. You said a uh, attachment. Mm-hmm. It, that's by accident. If so, my attachments, my press release. Something uh, I was chatted with her over Facebook today, mm-hmm. and she does something with the Delta organization in Dayton, and I was uh, asked her, and I was like, I would love to do something like that. She was like, we just got it started. Send me your stuff. So I said to my okay. stuff, and I was like, um, yeah, like most likely Tracy will probably do it with me too. I just I see what you sent, and that's why I was like, okay, she sent her the stuff with us from Central on her press release stuff. So I was like, so that must mean it's something about the book. But you know, it was just the attachments that you sent her. It just said here's the information, but it didn't say what the venture was. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm supposed to send her my stuff too. Right. Yeah. I'm supposed to send her my stuff too. Yeah. I okay. just tell her. Um. Because I put in the message, I said, yeah, that's why I forwarded it to you. Okay. Flay's wife. So she know right. Flay. You okay. know Wendy, don't you? Yeah, I know Wendy, but she didn't know me like that. You know she know Flay like that, know though. Me. She may not know Okay. Me I'm yeah. back. Do you hear any cracking up now? No, we don't. Very clear now. Okay. You know what? We've got snow and everything here in North Chicago, so I think this is probably a little bit of the fact that we actually have that. So anyway... Like I was saying, we have two dynamic young ladies here tonight with us for this show, and I'm just going to let Adra and Tracy introduce themselves to you. Adora, did you guys do that? Yeah, we can do that. Well, hey, um, my name is Adra Young, and I'm a native of Gary, Indiana. I currently reside in Detroit, Michigan, 
and I am the author of two books, uh, the first being The Everyday Living of Children and Teens Monologues, and the second book, which was released in 2008, The Everyday Living of Children and Teens Monologues, Volume 2. And another thing about Adria Young, go ahead. Go ahead, Desiree, I'm listening. No, I was going to say the other thing about Adria Young, too, is that, you know, she is an educator, she's also an acting coach, and she's an author. So she does quite a lot with her time. Go ahead, Tracy. Uh, And I'm Tracy E. Christian, and I am the author of the Black College Sabbatical Book Series, which is basically an urban fiction trilogy series that chronicles four, four girls' experiences their first year at a historically black college. And there's a guardian angel in the book that kind of serves as the reader's reading companion, and he challenges the reader to figure out which girl he's there to protect. So it is a trilogy series. The first installment, Fall Quarter, was released in 2007 on New Year's Eve, so I'm coming up on my second official anniversary, or shall I say Earth Day, being a, a published author. And then um, the second installment came out in March of 2009. Hopefully the third one will be out in September of 2010. And I know for Adra, her book, the actual second volume to her Everyday Living of Children and a Teen Monologue, that actually came out in 2008. And I'm going to tell you guys something um, right now about both of them. I've read um, about both of the books, and I will tell you, that they've got some interesting things that are going on in these books. One of the things that I like, and I'm a book reader, so I love reading, and one of the things that I liked about Adra's immediately was the fact that it looks at, it comes from a youth perspective. And so can you tell us, you know, what, how did you come up with that concept? Absolutely. As you know, as an educator today, Desiree, uh, the, a lot of the power is removed from the educator and the last result being is that you end up suspending a lot. And I sort of kind of got tired of that. And I started feeling like, why did I go into this field? Why did I pursue education, you know? This was yeah. something that I wanted to do as a child. I had to pretend chalkboard and the Barbie doll set up, actually pretending like they were my students. So this was something I saw myself actually really becoming. But then, you know, with the societal norms and changes and revisions, um, one time the teacher or the educator was real respected and uh, highly accredited, and now, you know, we receive the least amount of spread, uh, respect and credit in any field in in any aspect. So I came and I had actually came and sat down and was like, you know, why did I go into this? And I'm so sick of suspending kids. And what's going on with the kids? Are all kids just awful or just bad these days? So what I decided to do was uh, take some time and actually listen. You know, instead of suspending instantaneously, had some children sit down and eat lunch with me. And then these different situations were revealed. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Now I feel bad. I had no idea this was going on. And basically, you with the you sat there and you talked with the children, and you kind of you started getting this idea together, right? So I'm like, okay, what's going on is that children are going through so many different things at home, and they're acting out at school. Having a background in acting, I decided to take some of my acts that are now in the books and use them for um, a monologue show 
which I was an acting coach for this company, and I did not like the materials. They bored me, so I knew I would not. The attention span needed yeah. necessary to get the children to reenact these things on stage. I'm like, they are not going to enjoy this. I'm reading it. I don't enjoy it. Let me write what the kids are going to do on stage. You don't have to pay me anything extra. Mm-hmm. So at the yeah, so at the end of the show, the parents were uh, basically said, "Where well, where is this book? And I'm like, oh, it's coming. You liked it? Exactly. <laughs> it's on the way. Exactly. So that's how the book actually came into fruition. A parent said, uh, where is this book? And I'm like, it's coming. Give me a minute. And there, there is how... The first book in 2005, The Everyday Living of Children's Teens Monologues, um, came to light. <laughs> I'll tell you, and one thing that you mentioned, and I think that it's something that all of us can kind of take a lesson in, is actually sitting there and looking and seeing what's going on with our youth and being able to not only just sit there and listen to what's going on, but what you've done is you've actually taken an active role in trying to actually capture that in your book. And that's what I respect so much about this. Yeah. I was trying to solve more than one issue. I was trying to bring some true-to-life acts to uh, children interested in acting and drama. And at the same time, I was trying to get children to, in in a joyful way, um, get a chance to observe the different behaviors that children are going through because in each book a child has either went through that situation, unfortunately, or they know somebody that has gone through that situation. So you can relate to the books both directly or indirectly. You know, one of the things that I, you know, I thought about today and I thought about Adra's book, and one of the things that just really stands out to me is an excerpt that talks about a child that came to school very, very early, you know, and also left very, very late. And so, you know, to that, you know, if you weren't really looking at what was going on, if you weren't really catching that, one of the things that the, you know, child said, you know, you would think, oh, this is a great child, you know, they're ready for school, you know, this is so awesome. But this child actually said that, you know, I can't let them find out that I'm homeless. You know, I've got to keep doing this. I know my parents, they're close to getting the money together. We're going to be making our big move. So to the average eye, if we just witnessed that, we probably would never, ever think that that was going on in that child's life. No, you would probably think, um, excuse me, sorry for cutting you off, you would probably think something's wrong with that kid. He's strange. What on earth is going on? This child is here this early every morning, you know, just from the outside looking in. But to actually talk to him, and basically that w- that's what happened. Because when teachers prepare in the morning, we're trying to get our heads right for the day. The last thing, honestly, you want to see is a child because you're trying to get yourself ready, you know, exactly. set the pace for the rest of the day. So, child, why are you here? Exactly. You know, and then even when everybody else is gone, why are you still here? And you come to find that children, they are so tough, and a lot of them have endured so much more than I thought that I could ever deal with at their age. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, if you've you've ever gone through that, you can probably relate, but just real, um, just switching a little bit. Tracy, I know that in your book, The Black College Sabbaticals, there's a wonderful angel that I know a lot of your – your reviewers talk about this angel, and there's a lot of curiosity centered around your angel. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? 
sure. I'd love to. Actually, I, I, to piggyback on what you guys were talking about with Ava's book, it, it just dawned on me, even though we've been doing this tour together for about six months, um, it just dawned on me that we really do, it really must have been in divine order for us to decide because I came into writing my book from a conversation with my students too. And I was on the mm-hmm. substitute teacher's level. But the thing about it is, is that I had a class that was at that time, it was such a demand for teachers that a lot of people who came in subbing wound up having regular positions and playing the role of the everyday you know, the, the certified teacher that was in the classroom. And so we were responsible for grades in the same situation. The angel yeah. came about in my book. So it was it was amazing that we were able to come together for that. Um, and just she, she, she tackled subject matter that deals with, you know, youth from a very young age all the way through adolescence. And then I kind of tackled the issues that, you know, they pick up to as they travel into young adulthood. With my exactly. book, the angel is... The angel is a the reading. He's literally the reader's reading companion. You know, I always find that when I was reading, when I took into reading fiction, and I would really get into a story, I would find myself literally talking just through the through the story. You know, just kind of talking out loud. Who is ever in the room exactly. reacting to the different subject matter? So because my my book chronicles four different girls, and every and each character has her own situation. You know, she has her own baggage that she brings from home to the college setting, you know, and then, of course, their lives are impacted by each other's decisions and experiences. The the guardian angel is kind of meant to, uh, I guess you want to say, usher the reader through the experience. You know, he kind of ties up everybody's storyline because you may not hear from him every, you don't hear from him every chapter. You may hear from the guardian angel every five, six chapters or something like that. You know, you'll be reading for a while before you hear the word from him. But he may just tie in everybody's storyline and kind of just reminds the reader that everything that's happening in the story, no matter how juicy it is, is all based upon location. You know, and just the fact that historically black colleges and universities were built on such a strong traditional and cultural foundation that sometimes we forget, even those of us who have, you know, come out of black colleges or those of us who've never attended, we just forget how vital they are in everyday society, even even now. You know, so that's kind exactly. of the dual role of the angel. And, you know, and I'm sitting here and I'm just thinking and I'm just remembering my days, you know, when I was in college. I didn't, you know, get the opportunity to go to a historically black college, but I'd like to think that I had an angel. You know, somebody even, you know, somebody that was guiding me, you know, through and somebody that basically said, you know, when times got hard and maybe you were just getting there, especially when you're brand new and you're trying to really grow up when you're going to college because you're out there for the first time. I'd like to think that there was a, you know, there was an angel there. And I think that that's one of the most intriguing things about your book also. So, the other thing I wanted to bring up, these ladies, we're talking about their books that they've actually done. What made you actually to say that, hey, I want to be a writer? Well, with me, <clears throat> I know it hit Tracy instantly. She's, that's something she always wanted to do. Now, it didn't actually hit me until I started um, teaching when I became the acting coach in 2003 and I wrote those monologues. And then I had wrote, in 2003, I wrote and produced, I was moved to write and produce a play on the life of Marcus Garvey because I taught at Marcus Garvey, uh, which was an African-centered school for eight years in the city of Detroit. So I I would say my writing actually took off in 2003. It's when I took a liking and felt the passion for it 
Now, my writing was a little different. I always used to, I used to love to write as a little girl, but, and, and, you know, even as a teenager, but when I was in high school, they just did not have a venue, you know, a poetry club, a writing club, you know, definitely not a theater club. So I kind of abandoned it, and I would just visit it, you know, as a, as a real quiet hobby. No one that I went to school with, you had to be super close with me to know about that notebook under my pillow. So that's kind of how it was. Exactly. But then, um, but then when, when, I, when I graduated and came home and started teaching, you know, I knew I wanted to write a book because I enjoyed reading so many novels, and I just found it a little mundane. After a while, it was the same type of, you know, fiction out there. And although I enjoyed urban fiction, I just wanted to see a story about something new, you know, and I didn't know what to write about. So it was through, you know, my kids and the fact that they didn't know much about historically black colleges that made me say, you know, if there are a lot of kids who don't know anything about it, then maybe there are a lot of adults who don't know much about it, you know, or, you know, and so if we just kind of, you know, put a fun fiction story out there, you know, to kind of start the discussion, you know, and if it motivates someone to do a search on on the Internet or to, you know, find a tour and send their kid on a tour or even eventually, you know, have a kid that registers, goes to a tour and actually gets accepted and goes, then that's mission accomplished, you know. I just wanted to tell a fun story that kind of stood out from, like, the mainstream fiction, you know, it's not necessarily a story of, of uh, you know, of violence and, and drugs and, you know, it's not necessarily a, you know, baby mama drama type of situation, but it still has all the dynamics that make good fiction, you know, and then it has a backstory, you know, and a back, a back cause. You know, in our society right now, and, you know, we're in the age now where reality shows and everything, they're just, you know, really, really kicking off. And, you know, and that's for TV. But I'm noticing when I'm looking around and I'm doing, you know, any research or anything, I'm hearing a lot more about, hey, you you know, you'd have to wait for, you know, a big publishing company to kind of take you on and, you know, and give you this huge, you know, commission check to have you write these three or four books. But much like reality TV where you have some control over it, there's a thing called self-publishing now where you don't necessarily have to wait for that big publishing company anymore or any longer. And I know that I think both of you have been involved in some self-publishing. Oh, absolutely. Both of us have. Yes, as a matter of fact, we both went with the same company the first time. And uh, my second book is totally... Um, we both went with uh, a company that's called a vintage press where you're allowed to write your book, sell your book, and promote it the way you want to. But there are ins and outs of going with a vintage press. Tracy and I learned from going with that company. Um, in my opinion, as a rookie in the field of writing, um, it was not a bad company to select to end the leaf independently um, self-publish your book with. Um, But, you know, the more that you go alone and the more that Mm -hmm. you learn through different experiences, the do's Mm -hmm. and don'ts, um, my second book, Desiree, is totally uh, self-published from the name Ardenelle Publishing to the printing everything. So basically what I did with the second book, I... is just wean out the middleman and everything would just come back to me. Whereas with the first book, they provided the, you know, they provided things that I um, was not knowledgeable on, like a website and placing the book on the internet and things of that nature. Now, 
that I know more about that. Now Tracy knows more about that. We can do better. Absolutely. Exactly. And then the thing about it, we, you know, is there, there's research, research, research. One of the reasons that I decided to self-publish, it was a two-fold situation. The first one was that I started actually taking the writing process and my desire and love and passion for writing seriously at 30 years old. Okay, so it was the <laughs> time to not necessarily play around with it. And I did research. And so when Adra trusted a vintage press company, of course, you know, it was, it was, you know, a no-brainer to go with that company. But from my experience with that company, it initiated a little more research to see if I could find a, a, a press with maybe a better deal, which is kind of what I decided to go with for the second book. Now, you know, going into preparing for the launch of the third one and then having my sister who's actually gone through it, you know, um, totally independent, you know, now I feel a little better prepared, you know, to take on the venture, as she said, cut out the middleman, you know, and just work exactly. at the distribution and the promoting and everything, you know, but it's, but definitely it's a work in progress. The second reason I wanted to do it was because I had a dream of being able to usher folks like me, particularly youth, if I can catch them when they're young, um, yeah. so that they never leave it so that they never leave it like I did. You know, I left it for years and just kind of kept it quiet. And I always think back sometimes and say, gosh, you know, if I had never stopped writing, who knows, you know, where I would be now, you know, but that's not to discredit where I am now. I've done a lot in the little time that I've been in this game. But, you know, if I can catch someone when they're 17 and they don't have a particular writing club or something like that, yeah. if we can catch them and offer opportunities for them, so that we can usher them through the process of copywriting your work and through the process of, you know, putting, you know, putting the dime and the faith in yourself. I was too shaky a writer. You know, I was too shaky uh, admitting that I was the writer to sit up for the next year or two with rejection letters from major yeah. publishers, you know, or from people that who wanted to change my story or tell me what people wanted to read. So that was kind of the other facet of deciding to self-publish. Yeah. And piggybacking on Tracy, I have, I keep... Personally, Desiree, my uh -huh. rejection letters, I keep them because they you make really? me drive harder. I sure do. So that I can go back and be like, um, eventually it'll get to the point where you'll be the one regretting that you tell me no. <laughs> so I use those as motivation to move forward. But I have like six or seven of them. You know what? I think there's two points that you guys have mentioned that one thing, and you probably didn't really mention it, but if you're um, actually listening to this right now, I see somebody that was motivated, and I see somebody that actually put, you know, two individuals that took the time to put the effort into what you were doing, because there are so many times that, you know, we have people that are dreaming, and I think I read this on Tracy's um, bio or your blog or something that you had where you said, you know, I'm like Debbie Allen, you know, and I dream big and I dream in color. You know, color, you actually, absolutely. yeah, <laughs> I like that, you know, and I forgot all about that back in the day when, you know, Debbie Allen said that back in her fame days. But, you know, that's that to me, it just says it all because when I see color, I see some effort into that because, you know, black and white is just plain. But when you're doing the color, right. you put the effort in. You find out what you're going to, you know, do and everything. And then with you saying, Adra, that you're keeping those rejection letters, letters, I mean, how many times have we gone out and we've gone to job interviews and you can't get discouraged? And, you know, and it is, you know, something to look back on and say, hey, this is where I came from. Yeah, I was rejected at this time, but look at where I am now. Exactly. 
Absolutely. And we learn from it. We we together have learned uh, so much. You know, coming together, the two of us have become a mighty humble but mighty force to be reckoned with. It was kind of like the Kanye fabulous. You know, and you guys are mentioning this force. And one thing, how did this partnership come together? Because you guys seem to be well in tune to one another. Well, um, we wouldn't be telling the truth if we didn't say that we had a, a history, a friendship that goes back over 14 years. But honestly, that's all it was, a good friendship, um, a love for a sister and a brother that I set up. Um, and, and they're married now. Um, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. But neither one of us, honestly, Desiree, knew that either one of us had the ability or the passion for writing until we just hooked up again. You know, Tracy's married and living her life and, you know, had a daughter and her husband's relocated from Cleveland to live with her and they're living their life. And I had gotten married and I was doing my thing and unfortunately I had divorced. It just kind of like fell into place. I mean, seriously. Unintentionally, it just happened. It just happened like divine intervention, sort of like seriously. And we were. And what's so that? Were you saying, Tracy? We were cool in we were cool in college, and you know, even when Aces book came out in two thousand five, you know, so we would kind of see each other in the city at events and stuff, and I and was you know helping one another and supporting one another, but still hadn't really taken the time to 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 read into each other's work. And then my book came out in '07. So when we finally got together in 2008 and were able to sell our books together with a, you know, a reader's group at our alma mater for homecoming, that's when we kind of yeah. did a book swap, you know, and said, okay, well, here's my book, here's your book, you know, okay, we're going to look out, we're going to read each other's book. And I'll never forget it. Adria called me, and she made me feel so good. And I could probably say this now. She'll probably laugh when we get off the phone. But when I got off the phone with her that night, she made me cry because she was so sweet. She was like, I didn't know you were that talented. And it wasn't it wasn't anything that you would take offense to. You know, it was yeah. the, the direct opposite. It was cuz I felt the same way when I re- wrote her, when I read her book. You know, I was like, "God, you know the fact that you could just take the time and tap, take a step away from what you have to do as an educator and take that extra leap, you know, to kind of tap into your kids brains and find out what's going on in their outside world and then be able to write about it and relate it to people who you don't even know who cares or not." You know, so and you know, and that I think Adris. Of, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was <laughs> so going to say, I know Adris. That's kind of how we got together. That was that was kind of for me. That was just the, the the straw that broke the camel's back. It was like I know I got to work with her now because you know we're already cool and already have this trust. You know, but then she is talented. Is a bad sister, so I'm trying to you know learn everything I can from her, and I've learned so much more than what I than I ever dreamed that I would, you know? You know, I think that the two of you together, you said she's a bad sister, but I think actually the two of you together are two bad sisters because not only are you guys doing this author and you guys are educators, but you're doing a lot of stuff in the community as well. So you're not just, you're not, you're giving back also. So I know if you guys, Adria, if you can talk about what you're doing out there in the community and let our readers know just how dynamic you guys both are. Sure, well, Actually, we launched our, our book tour together in July, and it took off. 
and it's been amazing, and it's still going great. But then we decided together to come up with a forum where we could bring, I don't know if you know, but the stigma attached to Detroit now is so negative. And uh, Tracy and I basically are doers. And we basically, you know, sitting, talking, having a glass of wine, because, you know, we debrief. We work hard, but we party hard, too, that's right. All right and <laughs> we would debrief, and I'm like, you know, Trey, um, I'm so tired of the negative connotations that are attacked with the city. You know, all the good things that are going on with the artists not being exposed. We should do something. Exactly. So then Tracy and I initiated uh a bi-monthly event for all local artists wanting to just get some exposure that's free. It's called Coffee Arts and Entertainment. And I will let Tracy explain more about it. Coffee and I was looking at that, so I'm excited about that one. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm it, excited. It, I was it, saying it, I'm it, already it, excited, so. And it's a wonderful thing that you're excited because we have a February 7th event. I know, uh, I know. And, and, and when we talked to you the other day, I was right before we got off the phone, I was getting ready to ask you, and I said, well, no, I'm going to just ask you today. But I, we re- you're in Chicago, and we would really love if you come out and speak about what you I would doing. really love to be there, so I will definitely be there. I was so excited when I saw that. I said, oh, i got to mention that, you know, tonight when I talk to both of them. But yeah, go. Ahead. I'll let you go ahead and explain it. What it is is it's a you know it's an informal um, discussion series with local artists of every kind that you can think of in the city of Detroit. We have, like as Adrian said, we've been blessed on our live Ladies of Literature tour, and we have kind of developed the concept of thinking out the box and promoting our books. But we don't just limit ourselves to literary events. You know, if there's a community organization that is adopting a family, there's a community organization that Adrian and I are actually a part of, the United Nations. Uh, Young Professionals Committee, they're an international committee, and and it's the Detroit chapter. They're adopting a family for Christmas. We make sure that we uh, we serve as directors on for the arts and international arts and, arts and culture segment of that organization, but then we also, uh, you know, play to uh, different events that they have in the city, as whether it's cleaning up a park or whether it is adopting a family. And so with arts and entertainment, that is a somewhat of a division of that to just bring local artists all together so that they can network and actually discuss the different projects that are going on in the city. Because along with the stigma of the city nationally, if you are within the city, if you are within the city, sometimes it's kind of hard to tap into the artist society. Yeah. You know, unless you yeah. are in the thick of it, you don't know what other people are doing. So rather than being two artists who are new to the game that complain about what's lacking, we wanted to be able to provide, you know, whatever's lacking. If it's, if it's missing, then we'll make it. And that's what we try to do with arts, coffee, and entertainment. And then if we have people who are doing phenomenal things we want to bring outside the city, then we want to introduce them to our city and to our artists and to our aspiring artists, you know, because there's a lot of potential in the city. When you see there's a city that is in turmoil, you can also see that there's a, there's a necessary chance for unlimited and boundless potential for growth, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of how we like to showcase. The I think that that is and let so me tell you, it's been, it's been amazing. Boy, I tell you, we started off in October, Desiree, with the independent mm-hmm. filmmakers and authors and the assortment of various artists that we had for December was just amazing. And each 
on a bi-monthly basis, it's getting better and better. It's getting exposure. People that don't know Tracy and our names are calling us arts and entertainment. You're arts and entertainment. So we just love what we do. We have a passion for it, and we know that it's important as we're on our way to becoming successful, rich entrepreneurs. We want to pull people up in the process. Cause we want to bring that's people with you. That's what it's all about, you know. And as Tracy would say, I'm just going to pick back on Tracy. You know, you don't have to wait until you're there um, to start. Start now. Right. And you know what? I think that what you guys are doing is wonderful. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think that's going to be a problem, but I'm going to tell you something. What you guys are talking about right now is really what, you know, more and more people need to start doing. We need to learn about networking. If there's not something that's close to you, then you create it. You don't have to wait right. for something to come to you. You create it yourself, and you be that voice, and you get that together. So I think that that's just awesome that you're doing that. But you, you guys do something for the kids also. You've got some kind yes. of youth program, after-school program? or Yeah, we do. Currently um, I have an after-school program that provides, you know, acting, singing, dance, uh, Tracy provides poetry and creative writing. So uh, we work in what our youth, but we are working with the adults and young adults as well. You know, our future, our children are our future. And, you know, what coming from an educator's perspective, that child that doesn't get social studies or politics is the child that can look at you and draw a spitting image of you. That right. child that doesn't get algebra can dance like an angel. Or can act and dramatize. That's wonderful. And, you know, so. we hear so much now, more and more on the TV about, you know, promoting the arts, promoting the arts, and, you know, we've got Yeah, that's right, because it's the, it's the first thing that's removed, and I cannot understand for the life of me why, why <laughs> money. Yeah. I, I believe in my heart of hearts you have money for what you want to have money for. Why are you taking band? Why are you taking singing, dance, art, creativity? You know, I remember in high school, I know I enjoyed those classes. I enjoyed those classes, you know, when I was coming up. And I'll tell you right now, my kids, they don't have that available to them, and I think that that's a huge loss. So the fact that you've got something out there in the community, that I think is wonderful. You know, I'm here in this North Chicago area, and I say it all the time. I'll continue to say it because I'm going to make this happen. We need seminars here with just that exact same thing. You know, we have young children here that need to be involved in arts. We've got young children here that might want to be writers. We don't know what talent we have here, and we need something that just like that. And I'm so glad that we've got two of you guys to be role models and, you know, to call on for something like that because we need it, more, we need it in a lot of different areas, and we need people like you guys. So I'm going to get back to the books because I know that you guys have been listening and we've been talking about their books and all the other dynamic things that they're doing. Now, Adra, your book, I know you had the one in 2008. Anything on the horizon for you or can you give us well, a Well, actually, book? what's on the horizon for me, I have uh, two things that I am currently working on. Currently, Tracy and I are getting ready for Women's Month. Uh, we're going to put on a a woman's monologue, sort of vagina monologues, a women's show to get women to realize that together we could do so much better helping and supporting one another versus being envious and jealous of one another be simply because of what we look like. 
from the outside. Mm-hmm. So the name of the uh, one-woman monologue series is titled From the Outside Looking In. You need to get to the point. It, it, we were interviewed a month ago in November mm-hmm. uh, by a young lady who, who said she honestly was happy but sad at the same time because she wanted the kind of relationship that Tracy and I have. And you must understand to have the kind of relationship that Tracy and I have, you have to stop looking from the outside. You know, you have to stop judging. You have to start loving. You have to stop being intimidated or insecure so that you can build relationships. And when you are there, you will draw and attract the same things, you know. That's so positive, that positive. Yes, absolutely. But until you're ready to attract that, you know, and you don't have yourself together due to you being envious or jealous or insecure, um, it's not going to attract it. You're going to continue to repel and attract the wrong kinds of things and energy. Right, and I was going, you pick, you took it right out of my mouth just to piggyback on what she was saying. Another thing that we wanted to pick is just the fact that a lot of times the way that we see other people, you know, from, you know, the way that we, you know, develop our own opinions about them strictly by what we see on the outside may be more of a direct result of what we feel is wrong within ourselves. You know, exactly. so sometimes it takes us. It takes the opportunity that, you know, I think with a lot of women, you know, sometimes we, we, we are our own worst critics, you know, and I don't give a, I don't care how beautiful someone is, you could, you you know, ultimately that person could probably pick out 10, 15 things that you would never notice but that they see wrong, you know. Exactly. Because they may exactly. have those images about themselves, you know, it, it affects how they view other people, you know. So we're hoping that we're able to write the type of characters who are, you know, they have the most tragic stories and the most tragic situations, maybe even doing dynamic things. And on the outside looking in, they may, you can't even tell that these people have this situation going on. And God forbid what may be said about them before they open their mouth. But if we abandon some of that, you know, then we and can Adrian, lift each other up and get so much further. Yes. And, and I, I'm a firm believer of that. When is that book coming out? Actually, that's a monologue show we're going to put on in March for Women's Month here. Okay. In 2010. Okay, okay. And, so that'll be in Detroit also. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Um, the next thing that I have coming out in 2010 or 11 would be my first fiction book titled The Misfits, which is based upon children not fitting in. But usually the children that don't fit in the box end up having the happy endings in the long run. So because I felt like a misfit and I feel like I'm not doing half bad, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not doing half bad under the circumstances. I was in the misfit, was in the misfit group, you know, and I think that, <laughs> yes, I agree with you totally. They they usually turn out better because there's a, there's a measure of strength that you attain, that you need, and you need strength today to deal with a lot of the things that we're dealing with, you know, with our economy, with relationships, you know, with just, you know, success, you need strength. And I think the misfits, they they got the strength because we were fighting every day to be ourselves and to be recognized for what we wore regardless of what people thought would be the ideal of who we should be. Yes. 
And the cool part about the misfit, where people think people hear the word misfit and they automatically, you know, attach it to, to a negative connotation. But if, mm-hmm. you, if you look at it from the perspective that my husband told my 13-year-old daughter when she was having problems with, you know, fitting in with the girls in school, my husband told her, he said, you know what, it's okay, you're not supposed to fit in. You are a star. You're supposed to shine. Is That's right. Stars, you know what I'm saying? They stars are clustered together, but they all have their own space and they each have their own shine. So you're not supposed to fit in because you're a star. So that concept right there with the misfits is going to be perfect, sis. So when you write that book, that's going to be my, that's gonna be my <laughs> uh, tag on the back of it. You know? well, all of your books, <laughs> I will tell you right now that your books will be in my library. I am a library person, so I get books and I get them for my library because I, I tell my husband this all the time, I will have a library in here. So, Well, Desiree, I did, darling, I did mail my books, like I said. I'm a person of my word. So when I emailed you that night, oh, absolutely. Oh, Oh, wow. Oh, no, honey, anything anything I say I'm going to do, I do it. I I am a true believer of following through. And it's all That's the most important I'm just waiting on the shipment, and you'll get some from me, too. Yeah, but when when you said that we could be on the show, the books were the mail. So I tell yes, you, this is, a, this is really amazing. I hope that people, when they listen to this show, that they buy these books, that we support our community. This is where it starts, you know, that they attend that workshop. I'm going to promote it heavily on my side. If I know about an event or anything that you guys have coming up, you know, we'll keep the networking going because this is positive. This is something for all of us to get involved in. Now, Tracy, I know that for your um, black college sabbaticals, you've got the winter version. So, what was yes. that? How is that version different, or was oh, it different from, from the quarter. second? Or yes, from the first. Yes, absolutely. What it is is it's a continual story. So fall quarter kind of you know picks up and then it kind of leaves you on a cliffhanger, so to speak, <laughs> to encourage mm-hmm. you to get the next book. And winter mm-hmm. quarter is just, you know, at a college campus, you know, well, I never really re- revealed the destination or the location of the fictional college, but you are to assume that it's in the north because in the winter in the winter semester it gets cold and the uh, outdoor activity dies down and the indoor activity picks up, you know. Okay. Hence the drama. Hence the drama. It's a lot of sneaking. It's a lot of, you and know, our angel. creatively. Yes, and our angel is kind of, you know, checking people and kind of, you know, keeping score as you go along. So the angel is definitely, you know, trying to see which person needs his divine order the fastest because everybody is kind of on a slippery slope. Okay, okay. So that creatively I think I felt a bit more free, and that's another thing that, you know, we want to always, you know, encourage authors is that, you know, as you're an aspiring author, you have to always remember that this is your work, you know, and you can really do with it whatever you want to. So creatively for me, Winter Porter was just you know, I got a. I just get, became freer in my writing. You know. So Ooh, I and know. I just I'm love gonna... winter quarter. <laughs> you know what? I tell you, I love everything. I tell you, I love everything that I've been reading, everything that I'm hearing. Another thing for you guys out there, because I'm a, I love books, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you the way you read these books, so you get the, you know, you get the very best out of them, the best quality, if you want to say, because they're already quality books, but you as a reader want to get some quality and put some quality in. You buy the Everyday Living of Children and Teen Monologues Volumes 1 and 2. You buy them both. 
because once you read the first one, it's going to be good. You're going to want the second one. I've done it many, many times, and I've been out there trying to hunt down in the bookstore for that book that goes to the next book because I like the first one so much. With the Black College Sabbatical, same thing. It's a series. You've got to get the whole thing because once you read the first book, you're going to be ready for the second book. You're going to be ready for the third book. So, you know, I, I'm a reader pro. I'm a book reading pro now because I go, if I see the series, I get them in. Then I don't have to worry about it. I've got them there, and you're going to want to get these two young ladies. You're going to want to do the same thing. So any other events coming up for you too? Well, Tracy has so many literary. Ah, oh, man. I know spring of 2000, I'm sorry, since September, is it of 2010? Yeah. yeah. The final ending to the Black College Sabbatical Series will be out spring quarter. Tracy is working on a toast to the fools. Tell her about that, Tracy. It's okay. going to be. Uh, my next fictional novel is, and this one will be just a novel. I won't make it a series. It will just be one book. But um, okay. this one is a toast to the. This is a toast to the fool. I found as I am in the later part of my thirties that you become very retrospective as you go into your forties, and everyone can sit back and say, "I've either played the fool or I've been played by a fool." So whether you're speaking in relationships or just friendships or, you know, with men and women just, you know, across the board. So, you know, rather than get down on yourself for the mistakes that you made playing the fool or being played by the fool, you would have to smile upon those events because they make you the person that you are today. They made you stronger. They do. They you know, build they that character. So I have uh, five characters that start off on some really foolish things. And, of course, you know, <laughs> because the stuff starts foolish. I'm going to pause one minute right here, guys, because it looks like we have a caller. I'm going to see if the caller wants to put on the air and has any questions. Right now, if you're listening now, if you're online listening to the Blog Talk radio session, um, if you want to dial in now, Adra and Tracy, I'm going to allow them to answer some calls and shut up for a minute. So I'm so excited. They do a lot of stuff. So it might take – we have to have you guys on again. So I don't even think we scratched the surface yet. But let me go to the caller and see if there's any questions. Okay. Caller, you're on the line. Do you have any questions for Adra or Tracy? No, I do not. This is Kim Lee Mitchell. I just am a fan of those two authors and just support what they're doing and just wanted to listen in and let them know. I'm sending my shout-out to you guys and keep doing what you're doing in 2010. Thank you so much. All right, we'll continue on. Um, I know that uh, I said I, what I said was true. You guys have to come back on for me again. We kind of, just for all my listeners so you'll know, we kind of knew about this a week ago. We all kind of, you know, got in contact, just one of those divine things once again. And so we kind of put this one together, but I'm going to tell you that we're going to have these two young ladies back on again. It's going to be a lot more promotion and get, you know, more of the word out to everyone because we need to really hear more about what they have going on um, and what they have coming up in their career. So I want to follow you. Another thing that I want to add for my listeners and for anybody that knows me in North Chicago and Great Lakes, you know, I'm a big person of seminars, and I truly am going to work on getting this seminar together to have both of these young ladies come down and do something for us and speak for us. And I want it to be focused around our youth, but I want those parents there too because the parents are a very important part of this 
so that you know that there is something else out there for your child. You know, even going into college, if you've got that high school student right now that's trying to figure out and maybe they haven't been exposed to arts because I know here in the North Chicago area that we don't have that opportunity, I'm going to get that put together. So we will be hearing more from these two. We will. And I'll get those dates and times out to you because they've already promised me that they would do it. So You got it. <laughs> Definitely. You got now, the it. Other thing, the other thing is there are there any – let's talk about where to get the books now because I know everybody's like, okay, where do we get the books? We keep hearing. You talk about them. We talk about them. Where can we get them? Adra, I'll let you go first. Absolutely. You can call me right now. <laughs> I know, that's right. 313-729-2573. You can get an autographed copy of one or both books for me. Right now I have a sale going on two for 20, and I will autograph both books. You can hit me up on Facebook, uh, author Adria Young. Uh, send me a message. Um, you can also purchase the books on Amazon.com. BarnesandNoble.com. Currently, I have a website that's under reconstruction, which you can leave me a message at that uh, website at www.ardenyl.me. Oh, and I have to use my sister. If mine's not working, <laughs> send it to Tracy. <laughs> That is so true. <laughs> I'm the same way. Um, we both are going. We're working on our websites, guys. You know, it's a work in progress. So we're going to work on that over the holiday. But if you need the book before then, you can feel free to give me a call at three one three eight two eight eight two zero eight. It's only three numbers. Put the combination together enough times, you will get me. And um, you can also catch me on Facebook at you know Tracy E Christian or the Black College Sabbatical Group page. Book is available on Amazon.com, Target.com, buy books on the web, Trafford.com, and at when after it's under construction at TracyEChristian.com. Also, join our groups. We have some of the. I'm not trying to toot our own horns, but beep beep. Yes, we please. have some of the livest groups. I'm encouraging everybody to join the Black College Sabbatical Group on Facebook, and I'm and also encouraging. Yes, the author and Adrian Young group page. Uh, because we are it's not always about us. We promote us first because we have to promote our products. But Tracy and I always have a list of what's going on, not only with us but the other artists that we communicate with and uh try to uplift in the city of Detroit as well because we both know, feel and believe that that's truly what it's all about, pulling each other up. Okay, what was that first one? What was that first one, Adra, the Black College, that first group? The old Black College sabbatical group page. Okay. And that's on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, that's on Facebook. And the author Adria Young group page. Okay, author Adria Young. Okay, awesome. I think that that's wonderful. And, you know, if any, if you're not, uh, if you're scared of Facebook or anything like that, I'm going to tell you that this is a way that you support um, our up-and-coming artists, our up-and-coming um, business owners, entrepreneurs, you no longer have to wait for that big company to come and find you. You can actually go out there and you can sell yourself. And so Facebook is a wonderful, you know, having a page like what they are doing, it's a wonderful opportunity to do that. So don't be afraid to get on Facebook, set up an account, and start going to your favorite places that you like to be a part of, which I'm sure is Black College Sabbaticals group on Facebook. 
and Asia Young's page on Facebook. So don't be scared. Don't be scared of social networking. Oh, no. And plus the thing about Facebook that I love and they're always updating is the privacy settings. You know, so you are in total control of the information that you are allowing people to come in contact in relation to yourself. You know, so if you are looking to promote your business, my my writing is my business. So that's pretty much what we, you know, what we do on Facebook. You know, we do have our college friends that keep in contact with us and friends from high school and coworkers. But for the most part, we are, you know, setting up. Adra mostly sets up our events, and that's my my sister does that. It was so funny. This morning I woke up at 5 in the morning, Desiree, and I was on Facebook Uh trying to check my page, and I saw Uh my sister had posted four events for 2010, and I had just talked to her the night before. So wow. Facebook is so powerful, too. Well, you got it. It sounds like you you have a strong supporter in her. Yes, definitely, definitely. That's why we're partners. You know, exactly. and that's another thing that we want to encourage people to do in entrepreneurship, not even just the entertainment game or the writing game, but just in entrepreneurship, you just have to recognize where you're strong and then recognize where you're weak. And it's no one can do it all. You have to par- be willing to partner up with some people. And trust. Yes. And then, like I said, going back to the from the outside looking in, be securing yourself to know that it's okay to trust people, you know. The right people. Right. Right. <laughs> it's okay to and let go. You fall, you know. Sometimes exactly. you fall, and I think that's what people get afraid of. You know, like I said, I came into this game at 30, and my degree was in speech communications. There's nowhere that I study literature yet. I'm in the literature game. So, you know, sometimes we get so scared of falling because we come late, but I don't think we need to concentrate anymore about Don't concentrate. Don't worry about that. You don't. We've got about, about five minutes. We got about five minutes. Oh, it's almost over. It's been so fun. Oh no. Oh, we're going to have you guys on again. We're going to get that schedule. What advice can you give writers looking for publishers or agents? Do your research and just like an artist, a musical group, um, a performer, read it through its entirety. And make sure if you're signing anything that it's a win win situation, not just for that company because they're not doing it because they like you. They're in business. Hello. They're trying to make money. You make sure you get a piece of that pie, too. Don't just let them get you. Exactly. That's right. Very good advice. That's right. And then – and just respect your respect the process of creativity. You know, if, if it's in your head and it's in your heart at two in the morning, go ahead and let it take you where you need to go because that's when you do your best work. So trust. I want to say something to I want to say that you the hour went by fast. I have enjoyed talking with you guys. We're going to definitely have to set up to have you come back on again. Anytime. They need to hear this. So. And the other thing that I wanted to say, I want to thank all my listeners tonight, if you're on the Internet and if you've called in. I appreciate you sticking with us, you know, a little bit earlier. I had a little bit of um, problem with the home phone because we've had a lot of snow. I think we got like 14 inches. I appreciate Woo! you guys coming out. Yes. <laughs> I appreciate you guys coming out and sticking with us and listening because I knew it was going to be well worth it. And as they say, the show must go on. Rich and Rich Entrepreneurs will be on every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're going to have more dynamic people on. We're going to learn. And if you've got some aspirations in you or you know someone that needs to hear some of what's going on with these young ladies or you want to read more about them, you can go to www.blogtalkradio.com 
sports slash rich and rich entrepreneurs. I've got blogs up with their bios on it, but, you know, their stuff is on Amazon. So don't be afraid. Research and see what they're doing, and you will understand exactly why I'm saying um, what I'm saying tonight. So I appreciate everybody that stuck with us, you know, and I, you know, do apologize for the technical difficulty that we had here in the building. Any Anything else for you guys? Any we just want to thank you, Desiree. Your your response was amazing. I'm like, I'm going to write this lady back tonight, and maybe she'll get us on sometime in 2010. Man, I had no idea. <laughs> thank you for thank your you. immediate response, having thank us on, you. making me and Tracy feel so comfortable and right at home on your show. Yes, you, you are, are very to be welcome. Very successful. You're providing a beautiful opportunity for entrepreneurs, and the technical difficulty was small. So don't even worry about it. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And thank you so much. I look forward to February because I will be there in February. So I'm going to put that on my page now. And like I said earlier, we're going to have something here. We're going to bring this to North Chicago. With that said, (laughs) I know you guys are, and I think that that's just beautiful and wonderful. All right, with this, we're going to go ahead and say goodnight to everyone. Um, I will open up the chat room for just a little while if there are any questions or anything like that. Um, I think that um, uh, one more time, guys, give them those numbers and that email. Got it. 313-729-2573. Adrian Young, Facebook, author and Adrian Young, Facebook group page, www.ardanyl.me. And mine is 313-828-8208, Tracy E. Christian on Facebook, www.tracyeechristian.com, or you can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, and just pick up our books, the Black Holly Sabbatical book series and the Everyday Living of Children and Teens monologue. Thank you so I'm much. I'm going to say happy holidays to you ladies and happy holidays to my listeners. We will see you and talk to you guys, the listeners, again on Tuesday night. Have a good night. Good night. You too. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 